Welcome to the latest installment of Rams Revealed. I am J.B. Long, and it's game week. The regular season finally upon us. Sunday night football at SoFi Stadium against the Chicago Bears. It's the first game of the Matthew Stafford era, and we are pumped to have the man who's going to send the first snap back to him, 25-year-old center, Brian Allen. Brian, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me. You know, if we were to rewind time and do this two months ago, I probably wouldn't have introduced you that way necessarily, right? Rams starting center. It's kind of been the story of training camp. First, how does it sound to you at the start of your fourth NFL season? It's, uh, it's good to be back. I, uh, you know, like you guys didn't know what was going to happen and just, you know, showed up and had a plan and stuck to it and good things happened. Let's talk a little bit more there about how that exactly happened. I remember Sean McVay's opening press conference down in Irvine to kind of set the stage for training camp. He dropped your name a couple of times, made it clear that it was not a foregone conclusion that they were moving forward with that plan for the offensive line. Take us behind the scenes. Like, how did you really win that spot back? Um, you know, just, you know, I knew the situation going into it. It wasn't, um, you know, ideal or what I wanted. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to earn it no matter who you are, what position you are and who's in front of you. And I just told myself that, you know, every day I'm going to go out and be the best version of me and mm-hmm. keep getting better. And you know, I'm healthy now. I'm feeling good. And, you know, things kind of started ticking and hopefully we're going to carry it into Sunday. I'm struck by the professionalism of it all, right? Because Austin doesn't just go away. He's on your right shoulder every day now, right? And happy 26th birthday, Austin Corbett, (laughs) by the way. uh, What's that dynamic like? How do you navigate that as a professional? Um, I mean, in the room between us, it's, you know, it's good. It's never awkward, never, you know, a stubborn thing. And, you know, we're always trying to make each other better. And, you know, I've played center. So having that experience with him, you know, trying to help him you know, get along as he was in there, you know, I was helping him as much as I could. And I think him having that experience at center makes him a better guard too, just more aware and understanding of the offense. So I think that benefits me too, you know, just having him in there for the the few weeks he was. I'd like to go back in time a little bit and talk about the journey between the last time we saw you in pads on a field in a competitive game, week 10 coming out of the bye 2019 in Pittsburgh a uh, pretty rough knee injury, it sounds like. If you want to share those details, you can. But what do you remember about that long road back? I was actually thinking about that yesterday. We did the math. It was uh, about 660 days ago. So mm. it's been a while. Yeah, I uh, tore my MCL completely at both attachments so to get that repaired. Had a pretty bad meniscus tear that was borderline going to have to get removed. Didn't know if they could repair it. And I went under not knowing what was going to happen. So Luckily, they were able to repair it. So, you know, I got good stable support in there now. And then I actually had a fracture on my tibia head. So those happened on back-to-back plays. So I think it was the last play of the first quarter. I did my MCL. Didn't really know how bad it was. First play of the second quarter, I went to brace. And he came out and then came back in. And the rest of it went. So at that point, I knew it was actually hurt. So it was... uh. No, not a not a fun thing to go through, but better for it. What moods, what emotions do you remember? What doubts might have you had at that stage of career? I mean, you're a starter at that point. You've kind of yeah. earned that drafted opportunity that everyone saw in front of you. Do you wonder if it's gone away? Yeah, for sure. You know, especially you know finishing the year out and still not really being healthy coming into next year. And you know, Austin's the center at that point, Blythe, and. I'm kind of back to the drawing board, you know, if you will, trying to get healthy, trying to figure out where my role is. And I kind of just kept my head down and kept working and took the situation for what it was and, you know, use it as motivation. And like you said, there's there's a lot of nights where you're 
wondering if, you know, is, is that time come and gone? Is it over? Am I going to get back there? So I knew that was, you know, one thing that I didn't want to, you know, let go. So kept working. Brian, speaking of health, I mean, you also have the distinction, I guess, if we can call it that, of being the first known active NFL player diagnosed with COVID-19 on, was that April of 2020? How did that impact your rehab? Because you were not all the way back at that point, as I understand it. Yeah. So I had started rehab. I was probably six months into it, but I hadn't started running at that point yet. I was still trying to figure out how to walk. It took me you know, a long time to just start walking normally again. And I got COVID and you know, I was the first guy to get it. And that was before there was any policies or protocols you know, in place for, for that. So I just said, hey, go home for four weeks. You're going to stay there for four weeks. Can't come to rehab. You can't come do anything. You can work out at home, stay home. And I was out here in California because I was rehabbing out here, but I was just at home for about 25 days trying to keep what we did the last six months. And, you know, there's only so much you can do with, you know, bands and a couple medicine balls. So that four weeks passed and I got back in here and definitely lost a lot of, you know, ground and traction, which direction we were heading and kind of had to, revert back to, you know, what we were doing at month three versus month six. So definitely, you know, threw a wrench in things, but just, again, one of those things you got to, you know, battle through. It's been unfortunate for everyone, you know, obviously, but just another, another little wrench in the, in the plan. No so kidding. given all those wrenches and what we just spent the last couple of minutes talking about, have you peeked ahead to Sunday night and where you might be at emotionally when those lights come on and you're standing there for the national anthem or maybe taking that field for that first huddle? Yeah, no, it's going to be uh, emotional for sure. Um, just sitting there in the preseason games, I'm sitting on the bench looking across the field and thinking, you know, it's going to be here soon. And, you know, I'm obviously from Chicago, so I got a lot of family and friends coming sure. out for this one and it's a big one. Hmm. You did start that first, what, nine games of 2019, yeah. right? Which feels like years ago, but I wonder how are you a different player, a different NFL center now than you were back then? I think then I was, you know, coming off of being Sully's backup. That was really my first opportunity to get in there and run the show and understand you know, all the intricacies and ins and outs of it. And you know, I had an idea, you know, seeing John do it and then getting in there and actually feeling it and learning it. And it was, you know, up and down year, I'd say for me, I had good games, I had bad games. And, you know, kind of towards the end there, we kind of caught a wave. I thought we were going the right way, you know, momentum wise getting better. And, you know, then that happened and, you know, like we talked about then, you know, I'm hurt and I'm out, new sure. guys are in and, but you know, I, a lot, lot of stuff you can build off positively. I think I you know, had some really, you know, good games against really good guys. And then I did some, you know, dumb stuff that young mm -hmm. guys do. And, but, you know, at the same time, I think, being out the last year, year and a half, whatever you want to call it. I've just, I've never stopped learning. You know, I've, I'm in the meetings, I'm, you know, learning from other guys and, you know, I'm a more complete center. I understand our offense and, you know, anyone in this building will tell you that doesn't come quickly to anybody. It doesn't matter what position you are. And you know, in our offense, the center has to know hair less than the quarterback. So um, it's a lot and a lot to process. And, you know, at times, I want to say I was overwhelmed more so just kind of just not certain, not driving the bus, how the center needs to be driving the bus. And I haven't felt that once this year. So it's good to feel all that work kind of, you know, come to fruition. I certainly do want to ask you about that quarterback in just a moment. But as I was preparing for this conversation and reflecting on what are the things that we've heard that we 
been taught that opinions that people might have about Brian Allen. One of them that I remembered is undersized. And I'd like the chance to ask you, what do you make of that when, when you hear that about yourself and to the extent that you do or don't agree with it? What are some of the things you've been able to do, some skills you might have in your career that have allowed you to overcome whatever size deficiency there is or isn't to be here? Yeah. Um, you know, people say that all the time. You know, you always got to look for something you can knock a guy on. And I'm six one and seven ace. I tell people I'm six two. <laughs> I weigh 310 pounds and just as heavy as everyone else. But um, honestly, you look you look across the league, the, the best centers over the last 20 years, Jason Kelsey, he's 6'2", stand eye-to-eye with him. Um, you know, go to Hall of Fame centers. You know, Dwight Stevenson was probably one of the best centers to play the game. He was 6'2", 270, and blocking dudes who were in the Hall of Fame. So it's never – something that's really bothered me. I've never felt undersized. And I mentioned this last time, but like people, people think they understand football. Like they don't understand leverage and they don't understand how guys feel other things and having a wrestling background. And on top of starting lower than most guys and being able to come through, it's just, it's something that's easier for me than it's, than it is for a, you know, taller guy. So I use that to my advantage and I like to think I'm a little quicker than, you know, an sure. offensive lineman on the inside. So that's another thing that helps when you, know, you pair those two things together. There's a guy around here. He plays on the other side of scrimmage, but uh, number 99. who walks yeah, he's, uh, he's undersized too. Yeah. Someone used to say that about him too. Yeah. I remember the Rams made, I think a huge vote of confidence in your offensive line group. This off season didn't really alter their plan, draft, trade, free agency. None of that. They said, let's run it back. Let's bring this group back. We believe in this status quo. How, anxious are you collectively to go out and prove them right starting on Sunday night? I'm excited. It's been been a fun camp with these guys and, you know, a handful of them we've been here for the last couple of years. And, you know, each season, it just seems that each guy keeps taking another step and, you know, Witt's taken 16 of those now. So <laughs> we're, we're trying to, you know, catch up with him and keep pace with him. But I'm just, just excited. You know, I've been around all these guys for a while and, you know, all of them are close friends and excited to do this thing together. I think every single player we've interviewed this offseason who's been in front of a mic has been asked the question, okay, what's Matthew Stafford like? What does he bring to the Rams? So I almost feel like I have to apologize for it at this point, but I would love to get your perspective because there's no one closer to it. When your friends, when your family say, yeah, how about Stafford? What do you tell them? Um, Usually my my honest answer is just that he's the man. That's the first thing that comes out. Great guy, great leader. He's smart. He cares about his teammates. He's one of the first guys in here. He works hard, does all the the right things that, you know, you hear people say about their quarterback, mm-hmm. but he's that guy, you know, and, you know, cares about people. I can't, you know, emphasize that enough. He's a good locker room guy. And, you know, it's been a seamless transition for him coming in here and feels like he's been here forever. And I'm, you know, excited to block for him, excited to play for him. I want to circle back to something you said earlier. I love the way you put it that, you know, aside from Matthew, you're next in line, maybe John Wolford or someone in terms of who knows this offense forward and backward. You have to, right? There's also kind of a a thought or a narrative that because Stafford's been through it a dozen times, you've seen just about everything that a defense can present, that he might be able to take a little bit off of your plate or whoever the center might be. Tell tell us about that dynamic. Like, I'm sure you prepare for no help, right? So that you're ready for anything, but will you defer to him when he See something, call something. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, you know, part of having, you know, the relationship with the the quarterback in the center. But I think that's kind of a, a dying trait in the NFL, if you really? will, of having a quarterback who really runs the show. I think the onus of that's kind of fallen on the center, you know, a little bit more in today's game, just with 
younger quarterbacks, more, you know, options of stuff to do and whatnot. And it's kind of spreading out the plate for everybody, but you know, guys like Brady Stafford, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, all those guys, um, they're, they're running the show. The Drew Brees is like, they're making the mic calls. They're doing all that. And, you know, some quarterbacks prefer that some don't. And, you know, Matt's one of those guys who's smart and, you know, can handle you know a lot of the stuff and it's just been good to work with him. And he's definitely a good resource and, you know, having conversations out there with them, it's, I mean, I think it's a, a real thing to, you know, have a conversation with him before a play happens and we're having those conversations now and it's going to do nothing but, you know, help us Sunday night. Hearing you talk like that and hearing you describe, you know, peer centers like Kelsey and their metrics, like you're a student of this, right? Yeah. You strike me as a center center. There's interior linemen who can play guard to guard. You conceive of yourself as an NFL center, don't you? Yeah, I think for, like you said, some someone who's, you know, undersized to everybody, you got to, you know, bring something more to the table than other guys. And, you know, there, there are centers in this league who, you know, play in pro bowls who don't make my calls. And, you know, I think... um you know, in this offense, I'm thankful they give me as much responsibility as they do. And it's just fun. You know, you get out there and it's a puzzle that you got to figure out every 40, 45 seconds, whatever the the play clock is. But it's it's something different. And, you know, now with what defenses are doing, it's stuff that people haven't seen. You know, 6-1 defenses, 5-1 and all these variations of coverage and masks and stuff. It's stuff that if you're not in our meetings or in the NFL, you don't. You don't understand. It's it's over your head. I want to clarify. I did not call you undersized, by the way. It's okay. I don't want you walking out of here thinking I'm responsible for. I don't. I don't listen to him anyways. You are six one and seven eighths. That's right. Okay. Very good. Uh, But when you say six one, I did just have a flashback to a very cold night in Chicago. And speaking of Sully, that was a game where he got hurt and you were thrust into that, weren't you? Yeah. Kind of threw right into the deep end there in your hometown. Yeah. Watched that one the other night. Actually. Yeah. On your own or here? On my own. What'd you think? What were your takeaways? It was a rough night for the uh, for the Rams, but they're not going to sneak up on us like that this time, hopefully. So that's that's interesting. I mean the the blueprint, I guess, for how to maybe slow down a Sean McVay offense was set that night. So I can't wait to see you guys go out there under under some new quarterback leadership and see how it goes. I know you haven't played in the two subsequent games against the Bears, but this has turned into a pretty good rivalry. It seems like outside the division, they're the most common opponent every year since I've been here. So. We've seen him. So Eddie Goldman, Akeem Hicks, Bilal Nichols, pretty good first test for this group. Huge first test. I don't think uh, you could open up a season with a harder test. Those are, uh, you talk about Akeem Hicks, one of the best three techniques in football. Eddie Goldman was, you know, he sat out last year, but he's a big physical athletic nose guard. And Bilal Nichols is a, you know, young, I think he's my age actually. So I guess we're not that young anymore, but, you know, younger player who's shown, shown that he can play at a high level and, you know, it's just a good test week one and some big guys that, you know, we're going to have to figure, figure out. Let's use the monsters of the midway and your roots in the Midwest to transition to our closing segment. Second time we've done this, it's called three and out. And Brian, I've got three final questions for you. And if you get all three answers, correct, I'm going to make a donation to the LA Rams foundation on your behalf and same for any of your teammates who come into this room subsequently for future episodes. All right, you ready for this? Question number one. You grew up in Hinsdale, Illinois, Chicago suburb. How much or how little Chicago Bears apparel did you have growing up? Oh, I had a lot. I was a uh, big Brian Urlacher fan, big uh, big Olin Krutz fan. Nice. I uh, grew up going to the games, and that's that's what I wanted to do. Went to Soldier Field and said I was going to be out there. So 
that was the plan. Had a bunch of Bears stuff and kind of stuck with it. And Bears didn't work out, but playing them Sunday. So close enough. And like you said, friends and family coming to you to make it as much of a home game as possible. Question number two, who makes the best Chicago deep dish pizza? So David Edwards is from Chicago too, as you guys know. And I get a lot of crap for this in Chicago too. Everyone wants to say Lou Malnati's or Gino's East. I'm a Giordano's guy. Um, Respect it. I don't agree, but I respect it. I think it is the elite deep dish pizza of Chicago. Or do you come down on Pequod's? No? Uh, I'm, I'm not familiar with that one. Chicago pizza and oven grinders, another good one. But Pequod's is a sneaky little. Okay. I haven't, I haven't been there in like four years. I'm yeah, slowing down. <laughs> Last question. You're two for two. We're giving you both of those answers, of course. Uh, did you read that 49ers center Alex Mack apparently has a uh, an excessive sweat issue? Did that cross your radar? I haven't, but I've, I've been sent... Uh, the Tom Brady articles in the past about what he makes his centers do. So I've, I've been sent that by a couple quarterbacks. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo describes his uh, quarterback center exchange as like playing in a rain game. That's any, not good. Any such issue between you and he's, Matthew He's Stafford. another undersized guy. Mac, yeah. there you go. Okay, but any such issue between you and Stafford going into a new season? No, not yet. I actually, this, this situation has arisen here before. I uh, we, got, we got sweatpants you'll throw on if good. it gets too bad, but I... Hasn't hasn't come up yet. Matt, uh, Matt's pretty easy to deal with. I did a little weather scouting for you. You got three of your first home at SoFi, so conditions should be good there. Road game at Indy, indoors, climate controlled, so uh, I don't see much of a factor in your future. Should be good. Brian, it's good catching up with you. Really do wish you all the best. Hope this is a career season, the one that you've been waiting for. Appreciate it. Thanks all for right. having me. So our thanks to Brian, to Jory, to Adam, to Nick, and to Kadir for making it all happen. A reminder, you can join us at SoFi Stadium Sunday night and throughout this season, therams.com slash tickets therams.com slash tickets. We already appreciate uh, the views, the reviews, the comments. All your feedback is welcome here. I'm JB Long. It's game week. This is Rams Review.